0: So 25 years old, don't worry. Any mistake is an income, It's a wonderful revenue for you. So I told myself and told my young people, before 20 years old, be a good student. When you do entrepreneur, just to learn some experience. Before 30 years old, follow somebody. Go to a small company. Normally in a big company. It is good to learn processing. You are a part of a big machine But when you go to small company, you learn the passion you learn the dreams You learn how to do a lot of things as one, one time So before 30 years old, it's not which company you go. It's which boss you follow. It's very important a good boss teaches you differently and before th- from 30 to 40 years old you have to think very clearly when you're working for yourself If you really want to be entrepreneur when you're 40 to 50 years old You have to do all the things that you are good at don't try to l- drop into the new area It's too late. You may be successful, but the, r- the rate of dying is too big so 40 to 50 think about how can focus on things that you are good at but when you are 50 to 60 years old Work for the young people, because young people can do better than you. So rely on them, invest on them, making sure they're good. So, when you are over sixty years old, spend time for yourself. On the beach, sunshine. You know, <laughs> right? It's too late for you to change. Normally, but I, this is my my advice to the young people. Twenty-five years old, make enough mistakes. Don't worry. You fall. You stand up, you fall, you stand up. Enjoy it, I'm mean, 25 oh. years old, enjoy the show, enjoy the show. I did not have a rich father. Tried three times for university, all failed. I applied for Harvard for 10 times, all failed. They don't even want to see me. For the last time, I went to the teacher's college, which was considered the third or fourth class of my city. So I applied jobs, well, 30 times got rejected. It was so difficult at that time. I was so frustrated because I taught in the university. My pay was $10 a month because I could not find a good job. In 1994, discuss that said, I'm going to do something called internet, and 23 of them against it. They said, this is a stupid idea. We have never heard about internet. And you know nothing about computer and I never thought I was smart nobody believed that I could be successful because everybody said, "Well, this guy think differently think it crazily you know they think about something that never work I tried to borrow 3000 US dollars from the banks it took me three months but I still cannot get it we talked to over 30 or 40 venture capitalists everybody said no forget it a lot of people said Alibaba is a terrible model as I said I believe it I think this thing could be big. I never thought it would be that big like today. But I believe that something, something is waiting for me there. And I have to work hard to prove myself. That was the tough experience. So we gathered 50,000 US dollars from 18 founders. We started. For the first three years, we do not have even one dollar revenue from our business. Was well, it's not easy. Why it keeps on going ahead, going forward, because I received lots of email of thanks from the customer. They say, this is such a great thing. We cannot pay you, but this thing helped us. If you keep on helping us, one day you will be successful, and I believe this little by little we build up our business little by little we build up our ecosystem of the infrastructure and now after 16 years we have an alibaba group we have a tmall group we have a taobao group we have alipay and people said you are so smart how could you make a company like that bill gates warren buffett jack welch larry page Mark Zuckerberg. The difference between those people and other people, they are always optimistic for the future. They never complain. They always try to solve the problems of the others. When you are optimistic, it's always opportunity. People same here today, Jeff, where is the opportunity? I don't have a job. I don't have this. I don't have that. We are at the best time of this century the best assets you have is that you are young don't complain let the other people complain the opportunity lie always lies where people complain think about how you can make things different is there anything I can do that make the difference and then when you think about this start to do it I saw a lot of people young people have fantastic ideas every evening but in the morning they go to the office again. Being an entrepreneur, you have to do the things before the other people do. You have to wake up before the other people wake up. You have to be more brave than the others. Use instinct. Everything you do is to the need of the customer. To everybody, to any person, tomorrow is new. Make the move, make the action. Whether investors believe in this or not, whether your friends believe it or not, whether your parents believe it or not, that's not important. You believe it, your team believe it, and work day and night on this. That's how the things happen. Make enough mistakes. You fall, you stand up. Any mistake is an income, is a wonderful revenue. Don't worry about the money. Money follow the people. People should follow the dreams. If you have a dream just to go ahead i think nobody can conquer the world we only can serve the world either work for the others or work for yourself and i choose the way work for myself working for myself that means working for the society if you really want to work for yourself think about the others because only when the other people are successful when the other people are happy you'll be successful you will be happy. I think today people worry a lot about the world, about the economy, China, economy in the world. And, but I'm a very optimistic. When people start to worry, that, the, that is the opportunity is. Right? I worry about the blood testing and she created uh, good things. And I think great innovations, great companies always happen in the tough times. Life's like uh, the music. You have uh, up, you have a down, you have a long, you have a short notes. And I, I like the American movie, life, life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get, <laughs> right? So I'm pretty optimistic. The opportunity in the future for equality is huge. Because in the, in, in the last century, the IT is for big companies. The globalization is for big companies. But now with the technology, we can serve those 80% of the companies that have never been served. We can serve the 80% of the young people that have never been served. Technology for internet is so cheap, so easy to use. One of the reasons why we grow in China e-commerce so fast, much faster than the USA, because our infrastructure of commerce in China was too bad. When it is too bad, something happens and goes. Today, we are working on the rural areas of China. I can never imagine that. China, about 800 million people still live in the rural areas, are farmers, and there are about close to 200 million people, their income is less than $1 per day. And before the internet, it's impossible for these guys to reach the PC because it's so difficult. Even people like me, I don't know how to use a PC. But now 80% of the farmers, those people using mobile phones. We have the mobile phones, the internet, the data. Things change a lot. So I'm excited about the future. People always worry. That's the, you know, I, I love the young kids sitting there and talking about the dream, the hopes, because if they have the hope, we have the hope.
1: That's what I believe. And let's just take what you do. And I've loved every description I've ever heard about how you serve people and your story about the bamboo farmers and your wife and her friends. It was fabulous. But where is this going? What are you going to do? What are your plans to maximize the use that people in remote rural areas of China can make of their cell phones besides ordering your projects? How are you going to get it? Are you going to get them in the banking system through cell phones? How? Well, um,
0: we, we never know that we can grow so fast. In the past five months, we covered 4,500 villages. And these people, normally they, they use in very traditional way, they t- it take them like two, we went to a rural area, it took them, the farmers two hours to work to the downtown uh, in, in the middle of the town and buy things. But today, because the mobile phone, and we we can deliver things to their home, to their village, within 72 hours. I remember there is a, well, last week I read a very interesting thing. This is amazing. There is a girl, she told me a story. She said her grandfather, 92 years old, birthday. And for his life, he always wanted to try one Western-style food. But he lived in the rural areas. There's no such restaurant food. So she said, "I tried on the internet, book a, a restaurant dinner for Western food, deliver to that village." And they finally immediately find one restaurant. There are three guys. They took like a three days bus from the from Shanghai to that village, made a, a Italian spaghetti and a beef for them for this 92 years old birthday. And the whole village was excited. Everybody said, wow, you can order food, restive you know, rest, rest style food. So, buying almost everything. And also, we're helping, there are a lot of uh, fa- farmers, they plant a lot of apples, great apples. But 90% of the apples are routed because there's nobody buying them. They normally buy by track. You know, if you sell the, uh, the, the apples, they sell a whole track. And using the traditional way, they can. They can sell by whole basket of the uh, apples, but now because of the internet, they sell by one by one. Each apple they sell one dollars, oh, or you know one IMB or two IMBs for each. So the pharmacy using internet, they can buy and sell using the mobile phone. That changed their lives, and I think it's exciting. And people need examples when they see well the other my neighbor make, made money through online to selling things. my neighbor made you know buy much interesting things online. people start to learn and more more people start to buy the mobile phones we cannot ha- we cannot make all the factory the mobile factories to sell phones to them only they know the mobile phone really works, helping change their lives they start to buy the mobile phones
1: Just one more question, and then, do you think this will make the current problems, like the current problem in China, are less likely. That is, if we'll have more market information, and in the market will drive where the investment goes, instead of the government trying to make judgments about, I better build another housing development or office development here, there, yonder, and you wind up with a bubble. Well, if it comes from the bottom up, is it more likely that fewer th- bad things will happen?
0: Yeah, Daniel, I, I think the. Uh last week I was in Seattle discussing about the China economy I think the you American people worry too much about the China economy <laughs> Well, you see Every time you when worried? you start to worry about the China China goes better every time China you think China is a problem You know we're good, You know we'll get better But when you ever say we have a, you have a high expectation of China China always a problem. Like uh, parents have the expectation of the kids, you know, are the same. But there's a big difference between American consumption because people say, well, you know, the economy is bad, so China consumption will be good low." No, totally different. You, Americans, love to spend tomorrow's money. <laughs> and the other people's money, maybe. Or maybe the coolest money. We Chinese love to save money. We are probably the largest country, uh, the country safe deposit in the whole world. Because we, we've been poor for so many years. When we made money, we put in the banks. Because someday, we know the disaster is coming, so we can spend the money. So when the economy is bad, we still have the money to spend. You guys probably don't. You worry. <laughs> and the second thing is that China being market, China been focusing on developing for the past 30 years. China government, so strong on investment, so strong on exporting, but they are too weak on the domestic consumptions. Domestic consumption is not driven by government, it's driven by entrepreneurship, driven by the market, not the government. So in the past two years, past 20 years, government is so strong. Now they get weak. It's our opportunity. It's our showtime to see the market economy entrepreneurship, how we can develop the real consumption you know, I think if the China develop the great consumption we have a 300 million middle class in next 15 to 20 years we're going to half billion middle class we need to import a lot so when we start to import that's a great it's going I worry a lot when we export you know when we export we got a terrible sky, we have a terrible water, we have a terrible environment. When we start to import, we got to be better. So that's all the great opportunity, guys. Be happy about that. <laughs> I'm serious. I agree with that. I'm
1: serious, yeah. I'm, um, we, uh, you, worry re- about yourself, don't worry the about reason, the others. We, The reason some of us worry about China is we depend on you to buy our debt. However, I tried to be more Chinese when I was president. I saved a lot of money, so, <laughs> Good. You know. Good. but yeah. uh, I just wanted you to say that because I really believe that. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. The, the trend toward greater internal consumption is, I think, will remain unbroken in spite of whatever the difficulties are in the next few months. I think it's important not to overreact. You can't break the trend. You've got to clean up the land from chemical contaminants. You've got to clean up the air. You're going to do it. And a lot of Chinese will make a lot of money out of that. There'll be a lot of great new companies, and there'll be opportunities to import from other places. So can you discuss your theory of what you're doing and other things in terms of whether it advances equal opportunity and social solidarity? Tell them what you think is going to happen and what other kinds of, when your opening remarks you just said technology is going to be active in this way in other areas of the economy, what do you think the next big opportunities are? But first, uh, tell them just in two sentences what you're doing because Jack and I know and we haven't been clear enough. Explain it and explain how you think that advances social solidarity and equality of opportunity.
2: Our work is in uh, the belief that access to health information is a basic human right. And that lab information, particularly because lab data drives 70% of clinical decisions, um, needs to be accessible to people before they're sick. So if you look at the word "diagnose" in the dictionary today, it says, to determine the presence of disease from symptoms, which means by definition, we're determining that people are sick once a disease has already progressed. And our work is in being able to make lab testing accessible to people in time for therapy to be affected and to do that in a way in which every person, irrespective of their insurance status, irrespective of where they live, can afford the ability to get a test done. So that means, in our case, we've invested the last 12 years in now developing hundreds of tests, many of which are uh, less than $10. So $2 tests in the United States. And I think one of the amazing things about this country is that we have such an incredible um, ecosystem for fueling creativity, and that creativity can create new markets. So in answer to your question about the market being able to conform itself to social good, I think the creativity that goes into creating these new technologies creates new markets in and of themselves. And, and our basic belief that is that those new markets come from empowering individuals and enfranchising individuals and trusting that individuals have the capability to engage with information. And in accessing that information, beginning to take control of their own outcomes and their own health outcomes, and in doing so, changing the way our health care system works.
1: Think what this could mean for rural China, yeah. for rural India, for Native American reservations yeah. in America, for the Mississippi Delta, for the remote areas of where all the jobs were lost from cold. You're all of a sudden giving people information And uh, one of the most important things I think we did in my second term as president in the healthcare front was develop this diabetes self-care program. And all of a sudden, you could be, Jack's company could be delivering the means to self-care based on your test. I mean, I think that this is really, this is a very big deal. We all want to live as long and as well as we can, and Craig Venter was here, we were joking about whether we'd make it to 100. But in the meanwhile, you want to keep people healthy, and if they're sick, you want to intervene early, not late.
2: Yeah. Well, and and if you look at, I mean, the ability to engage with this information, we have a $4 trillion healthcare problem in this country. 20% of it is type 2 diabetes, which is reversible. And we have 90 million Americans who do not know they are pre-diabetic. But access to information and the ability to engage with that information is the foundation for being able to change those outcomes and, and cost,
1: right? One more fact, and then I want to call on Jack. You founded this company 12 years ago, right? Yeah. Tell them how old you were. I was 19. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Don't worry about the future. We're in good hands. Yeah. It's okay.
0: I always think about 19, what I, where I am. I know, 19, I've not uh, passed the examination for university yet. I failed three times, but...
2: I think it worked out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not good at schooling. Well, yeah, that's why I give confidence to a lot of young people in China. If Jack Ma can, success, can be successful, 80% of the people can be successful. <laughs> people like her, you know, we're jealous. Yeah. Well, equality, I, I would like to make a little bit of technology helping, because yesterday I was joining the United UN Women Conference about gender equality. And I think the first technology revolution happened 200 years ago in the UK, released the human body, the arm, stronger. The second technology revolution in the US, if or any, you can last long. But this technology revolution, relief, release the brain. So this century is not a competition who is stronger, whose muscle is stronger. It's who is smarter, who is soft, who can listen, it's the challenge of wisdom. So man, women, equal. On the internet, you can never see he's a woman or a man. And on the internet, women can serve much better than, than men on the internet. And a man talking about a business, talking about you know, numbers, competition, they make business very cold. Women, they make business very cozy, lifestyle, and interesting. 50%, more than 50% of our shop owners, more than half, 5 million shop owners are women. And people love that. I mean, this is this is a great thing. I see that this century we see more and more women leaders on the state leaders, the presidents. In the the future, we're going to general secretary of the United Nations should be a woman leader. And this is the great century for equality. And I I feel excited about that.
1: Let me ask you. We're almost out of time, but I. One of the things that we haven't talked enough about here, not just here, but generally, is whether the leapfrogging we saw with cell phones, which was instrumental in your phenomenal business success and which will make it possible for you at the appropriate time to do what you've done on a global scale, hitherto unimaginable in all of human history for anybody to have any of their own health data. We haven't, we've seen examples, but not the kind of dramatic penetration we need with energy and clean energy and enough, and in short enough time to avoid the worst consequences of climate change. So do you believe that I mean, your country has done more than anybody else to try to put up solar panels, and some of your companies went broke because you overdid it, right? But beforehand, you've got to work out the phase out of the coal, the phase into the sun and all that. Meanwhile, uh, Africa, which is growing like crazy because of the cell phone in no small measure, and has six of the fastest-growing countries in the world, still has vast swaths of its land totally dark at night. Do you believe that it's possible for us to scale up with distributed solar power rather than centralized as quick as we did with a cell phone? And if so, and if that were your business, if you had to quit what you're doing today and start there, how would you do it? And how would you do it?
0: Very first, I know that.
2: I'm I'm such a huge... Believer in technology, and I think especially right now we're at an incredible time in terms of new technology and the ability to apply technology in a scalable way towards solving some of these problems. So, I would look at it in the context of some of the renewable solutions that we already have, and in the context of empowering connecting individuals with access to those solutions, and in the context of creating markets around them. I think that. There's real opportunity to actually create an ecosystem in which people can financially benefit from these solutions. And I think that's going to drive an adoption. I think in developing economies, there's a revenue stream associated with that. And the more we can turn even already some of the technologies that we have into markets, the more that we can fuel, I believe, local growth and individual engagement in, in beginning to adopt some of these solutions.
1: Just related to that, Jack, you answer it, and then I'll ask you one final question. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I am a strong believer
0: that technology can make world much better, because people say China economy is getting slower. I'm happy about the 7%, even 5%. Even 5% of the GDP of the number of China of the second large economy is big enough. But you, you don't expect China keep on growing 11%. Because like a one, body, one human body, when you're 1.8 meters tall, you cannot keep on like a 10% grow every year. You have to grow the quality, your mind, the wisdom. So I think China needs new technology to solve these problems. And which today, the data, the, the, the clean technology, all these things that China is supposed to do, if we keep on the, tradition, the, the old ways, we'll go nowhere. But this is why I feel excited because people ask me, what is your dream now? Because I never thought I would be today. I can. St- Sit here talking to president. I'm like a guy, you know, on the street and like failed three times for university, five times for for high key schools. I applied for ten times in Harvard school, all rejected. <laughs> I never thought because of the technology, because the internet give me this opportunity. So I'm think when I retire, I don't want the Chinese people have a terrible water to drink, unsafe for food, and sp- the money we make all spend in the hospital. That's disaster. So how we can use the technology to enable young people? The great chance of this world, don't worry about. We got 1.4 billion people who were born in 1980s. They are the people of the internet times. They are going to have new ways to solve the world problems. The things you are worried about today, they can solve it. And human beings have these kind of worries for centuries and young people can always solve it. And today, when you have the right direction, clean energy, you know, the, the, the climate change, all these issues, they will be solved, and these are the great opportunities ahead of
2: us. Anything else? I, I agree with that. I, I think the more, the, more we can, the more we can enfranchise people, the more we can create ecosystems in which individuals are empowered, the more we give rights to individuals to be able to build businesses, to be able to, to pursue the economic benefit of technologies, the more you
1: see these markets change. Before they leave the stage, I want you to look at them. And I want you to think about the time we have had to spend here dealing with the refugee problems in Syria and Lebanon. Stand up, Elias. This is my friend Elias Busab. He's the education minister in Lebanon. He's got to educate all these kids. And so he left a miracle that very much reflects the lives that Elizabeth and Jack have lived. He was uh, in a very responsible position at the American University of Dubai. They started bringing American scholars over there to live in an, an Arabic culture. He did all these wonderful things. Lebanon got in trouble, he went home to save his country. What is the difference, how much more could he and every smart Lebanese person do if they could focus on these things? And why can he not? Because the place is dominated by people who think their differences are more important than their common humanity and their common challenges. You cannot imagine. (laughs) Jack Ma is proud of being Chinese. I like that. He never hit it. He's he's happy about it.
0: I'm proud to be a global citizen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. I imagine Elizabeth is proud to be a blonde haired blue-eyed American techno whiz from Northern California. Yes. But, they don't, not a word either one of them has said has defined the meaning of their lives or the direction of their work with negative reference to someone else. My friend Dikembe Mutombo, stand up, no you don't have to stand up, it'll hurt you too much. You're an old man. My seven-foot, two-inch fall friend was just inducted into the National Basketball Association Hall of Fame. And... he, uh, My family, my whole family loves him. And I have seen how much he has given back to his native country, Congo which has been so troubled. I've known him a long time. We both went to Georgetown University. I did before he was born, I think. I've never heard him say a resentful thing about anybody. I have seen him give and give and give and try to give the people in his native land opportunities. Why am I telling you this? He's had a good life because he never defined his life with negative reference to anybody else. He never begrudged anybody else's success. And he thought he had an obligation to help other people. I'm telling you, this is the, we are back in a time of collective global insecurity where the main struggle is the oldest one in human history, just in modern techno realities. I mean, if you were trying to build the Middle East, you would think about our permanent sponsor here, the ambassador from Oman, who tried to—her government tried to help head off a calamitous war in the Middle East over the nuclear issue in Iran. We all pray to God that it'll work out all right, and the leads you make. You look around all these places, wherever people are putting aside their differences and working together, good things are happening. We cannot achieve economic or social equality without living in the factual realities of the world we face, looking at the obstacles, looking at the opportunities, making the best decisions. And those of us who even feel good about ourselves because we think we spend a lot of time giving, our whole goal should be to work ourselves out of a job. One of the things that the Bill and Tanny Austin are sitting there with Starkey, they started giving away hearing aids. And then they decided, well, we better teach these young people how to speak. If they get the gift of hearing, they'll have to learn that. So they got into the education business. Sonny Varkey got into the education business and decided somebody ought to do something really dramatic to remind people that the only people that really matter are the teachers. So he gave the first Global Teacher of the Year award last year. And an international panel gave the prize to a teacher from Maine who promptly gave the entire million dollars to her school. The woman never made any money in her life. She gave all the money away (laughs) immediately. The future is going to be forged by people who think of how to use the modern tools that we are given, as Elizabeth and Jack have, to create opportunity through empowerment. And it it will not be a straight line. It's too too many moving parts. But I, I just want you to think about that. The reason you feel good looking at them is that you identify with them, even though they're different from you. And that's basically where we are all over again, and we can't slip back, we can't give up. That's why when we had the Prime Minister of Italy and George Soros talking about the future of Europe, and George said it was coming apart, and the Prime Minister said, no, it doesn't have to come apart if it's about something more than economics. I thought, it doesn't have to come apart if you will it not to and you put yourself on the line for it. There are no guaranteed outcomes today, but you can guarantee that the trend is right. So go ahead. We were going to say something, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I I just wanted to add, I mean, as we're talking about the future and and from my own experience and looking at all the faces here, I I think a huge part of the answer to your question is also to raise our little girls with the stereotype that they can be the best in engineering and science and math. Because when they do in all of these industries, it changes everything. And we need to do that in this country, and we need to do that as parents in other countries.
0: Yeah, I was <clears throat> thinking about if, uh, what you say. Um, I think about when you, want, when you talk about uh, problems, you normally, is like a politician, when you talk about opp- opportunities that the business people, I was thinking about how we can using you know, this, all the problems that change the problem become the opportunity. And um, I, I don't know. I just feel excited when people talk about problems. I think that's, think about, if you can solve one of them, that's the chance. And today, nobody in live in this century has so many opportunities and so many uh, tools they can use to change other people's lives. And I think in, in the last century, which I call IT time, this century is called a DT time, data technology. IT is to empower yourself, make yourself strong. DT is to empower the others. When you empower the others, you empower your future, yourself. So when I listen to you talk, I agree. And I think uh, that's why we were born in this century. That's why we, uh, how we can use the internet to help more people.
1: Let's give him a hand, thank you.